Welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast, Your Health Matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free, and you can call us anytime you need support. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au Hello and welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support podcast, Your Health Matters. Today we're going to talk about bullying harassment in the workplace and its impact on nurses, midwives and students. This is the second podcast in this series. In the associated podcast, I spoke with HR consultant Karen Gately, and we defined and discussed bullying and the contributing factors and the strategies for dealing with workplace bullying. In this podcast today, we will discuss a lived experience of workplace bullying with a nurse who unfortunately had this experience however, who also fortunately came through it and wants to tell her story in the hope it will support other nurses, midwives and students. We also have a member of the nurse and midwife support team with us today to share insights and outline that if you contact nurse and midwife support, what you can expect. So I'd like to welcome the guests today, Tessa Moriarty, and Ali Brown. Hello, Tessa, and hello, Ali. Hello, Mark. Hello, Ali. Thanks very much to both of you. Really, really appreciate it. So just to um, recap, uh, actually, we might start with you both introducing yourselves. So Tessa, would you please share a bit of information about who you are and your background, please? Thanks, Mark. Certainly. Um, I'm a mental health nurse, a credentialed mental health nurse. I I currently work, most of my work is actually caring for other nurses, um, uh, caring for the carers is what I say, but not all of it. I work in the primary mental health space, but um, I've been a mental health nurse all my life and in the twilight years of my career, um, I think, you know, I love it even more than I did you know, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And I know I loved it then as well. So um, that's me. And I I feel very, very grateful to be um, having this discussion with you and Eleonora now and sharing these experiences. Because although my experience was, you know, over 10 years ago, I still see bullying and harassment um, happening in the workplace. Thanks very much, Tessa. And Ali, welcome. And please share a a bit of your background. Good afternoon, Mark and Tessa. It's also a privilege for me to be here speaking with you both today. I I just looked it up and I've been a registered nurse for 39 years, which is a long stretch. I would also say I'm in the twilight of my career. I'm the senior nurse at Nurse and Midwife Support and that is a fantastic and privileged position to be in. And I would just like to say that um, of the 
the majority of calls that we actually receive at nurse and midwife support are around workplace bullying and harassment and it is a particularly big issue in nursing and midwifery. Thanks, Sally. I think it's really important to note that we've um, we've done a lot of planning around how we provide information on bullying and harassment. And I want to reinforce that um, Tessa is willingly telling her story, but we won't be identifying the workplace or the people involved in the incidents around bullying apart from Tessa herself. So just a bit more background around bullying in the workplace. Bullying is a workplace hazard that can be extremely harmful to an individual's health and well-being. The psychological and physiological effects from bullying may include high levels of stress, anxiety, panic attacks, sleep disturbances, loss of self-esteem, self-confidence and feelings of isolation, muscular tension, headaches and digestive problems, an impaired ability to make decisions, frequent crying, crying, depression and deteriorating relationships. Bullying can also have a very negative impact on the workplace environment, including low staff morale, job dissatisfaction, burnout, increased absenteeism, decreased productivity, increased staff turnover, and costly workers' compensation claims. Bullying may also affect the ability of nurses and midwives to do their job, which may result in a reduced capacity to provide high-quality care to those we care for. The effects of this can be such that those experiencing the behaviours may decide to resign from their position or even leave the profession. So I think there's some pretty profound impacts from people's experiences of bullying. And we aim, and our goal is, to create workplaces where bullying does not exist. So just to recap on the definition, Workplace bullying is repeated unreasonable behaviour directed at an employee or group of employees that creates a risk to health and safety. And this may incorporate a broad range of direct or indirect behaviours. So there's more information around bullying and harassment on the Nurse and Midwife Support website, nmsupport.org.au. And we'll put some links to that information as part of this podcast. If anything we discussed today in this podcast raises issues or concerns with you, please know that you can contact Nurse and Midwife Support. Nurse and Midwife Support is a national support service for nurses, midwives and students. And the service is anonymous, confidential and free. And no matter where you are in Australia, you can contact the service. 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.org.au. So Tessa, I'm going to hand over to you now to share as much or as little as your experience of bullying as you're comfortable with. Thank you, Mark. <clears throat> um, and thank you for um, all the care that you've taken in um, setting up uh, this dialogue and this conversation um, about bullying. Um, I want to start by saying um, 
By the time that I realised what was happening to me, that is, by the time I realised I was being bullied, um, my mental health um, and my physical health had, in fact, been quite negatively impacted. Um, when you read out those, um, the, the effects that bullying can have on, on a person, you know, I ticked off everyone that you went through. Personally, I remember I had... Um, Sleep, you know, could barely sleep a full night's sleep. I had trouble eating. I remember I lost quite a bit of weight. Um, I dreaded going to work. Um, and when I went to work, I had trouble concentrating, focusing, completing tasks. And um, I was often on the verge of tears and I would often find myself in a tearful state, you know, behind a closed door in my office, particularly after a bullying session with my bully. Um, <clears throat> like you said, I lost confidence, um, not just in my usual enthusiastic, um, energetic self, but um, kind of I lost the ability to even talk, um, to speak, to speak for myself let alone speak and tell others, uh, my close colleagues, that I was being bullied. <clears throat> and, you know, where I could, I avoided uh, certain situations and particular meetings um, where bullying, where I felt that bullying would occur. One of the biggest things I remember is that I struggled to actually believe it was happening to me, that I, Tessa, was being bullied. And I think in hindsight, um, I was actually denying the reality of it for some time. And that's perhaps why it wasn't until it, the effect was quite devastating that I realised and was able to call what was going on. Um, and I think that occurred because I felt quite ashamed of what was happening to me and that somehow I had let this happen. I had let it affect me this way um, and I can see now that I blamed myself um, during that period for being bullied rather than blaming the person who was bullying me. Um, you know, I had been a very firm, fair, kind of generous uh, nurse. I was a leader with a very strong work ethic, you know, often in the office before others. I was often the last to leave. Um, Yet I turned into, you know, a completely different person. I kind of lost the ability to, to be articulate and feel sure of myself at work. I became someone that felt quite timid, particularly in meetings. Um, I spent a lot of time quite isolated and I felt very unsafe um, in, the, in the workplace and the work environment. Um, <clears throat> There, oh, I remember feeling too that um, there were not a lot of people I could trust. The, the context in which my bullying occurred um, meant that some of my colleagues had also been bullied, not just by the person that was bullying me, um, but by other senior executives in the organisation. And so I had actually lost my immediate boss and a number of my colleagues in what was an organisational restructure. So I didn't have the usual people to talk to or to rely on. But I do remember having enough uh, 
strength or, um, you know, psychological nous to know that I actually had a right to EAP. And I remember making my way to HR, albeit very cautiously, um, because I had actually lost trust in um, my bullies ability to find out what I was doing. I actually suspected that she would even find out that I'd been to HR and that I was having EAP. Um, and in the end, she, of course, she did find out. But um, it was the EAP that really helped me. I also had supervision, clinical supervision, um, and that helped me too. But um, it was really the particular EAP that I had that really saved, if you like, um, my mental health and helped me make the decision to actually leave um, the workplace and to leave my job, which was the best decision at the time. But in the process of um, preparing for this podcast, I realised that, in fact, I feel sad that I actually had to leave the workplace and leave the nursing workforce. Um, it was the only thing I could do at the time, but it took me out of the workforce for a number of years, or at least that workforce. Um, I, you know, was able to do other work, um, but um, one of those lasting impacts, and maybe I'll come back to this later, is that I think organisations have much more of a responsibility to ensure that that doesn't happen. I shouldn't have had to leave the workforce, let alone the workplace. So um, that's certainly been one of the long-lasting impacts that it's actually had on me. Um, there are a couple of other things I want to talk to. Maybe I'll just kind of talk to one of them at the moment and then leave some space maybe for yourself, Mark, um, and uh, Ali to ask a question or to speak yourselves. But I wanted to talk about the, one of the myths and misconceptions of workplace bullying and one of them is that somehow, this is a myth, and that somehow it's your fault. Somehow you bring it upon yourself to be bullied. It's something you've done or you're not doing. And that is actually how I felt. And it wasn't till I got to EAP and many years later I, I could see um, that I was caught into that myth and I know very clearly now that it wasn't my fault. It was nothing to do with me. And that's why I struggled to understand what was happening to me um, because there had been nothing I'd done really to bring it on. So um, I think it's important to, to know workplace bullying is not your fault. It's the fault of the bully. Um, it's even the fault of the organisation and the culture that allows workplace bullying to occur in the first place. So um, I really kind of wanted to say that. Yeah. Mark. Altessa, thank you very much for sharing that. I mean, it's incredibly powerful to to hear you state those things and um, and share those things. I'd firstly like to say, I mean, I'm really sorry that that happened to you and that that was your experience. I'm very pleased that you were able to come out 
of that experience and um, and get to the point where you feel comfortable to share the story or parts of the story and your insights, because I know that that will help other people who are listening to this podcast. So thank you very much, Tessa. Um, and um, you make some incredibly important points. And I think I think what's really important to note here that often people do feel a sense of shame around what's happening to them in relation to bullying. And, um, and that is really difficult for people to feel that they're in some way to blame. So I'd like anyone listening to this who is having an experience of workplace bullying now or to um, or has had an experience and hasn't fully resolved it and perhaps you never do fully resolve it, that support and help is available. And if you, you are feeling any of those emotions or reactions that Tess has, spoke about, has spoken about, uh, please reach out. Nurse and midwife support, as I said, is available 24-7 and our staff are incredibly qualified and supportive and available to hear your story and provide you with support. So Ali's going to talk a bit about now about what it may be, what you can expect if you contact nurse and midwife support and what nurse and midwife support can offer you if you call the service. And then we'll come back to you, Tessa. So thanks again, Tessa, for sharing that. And Ali, I'd like to bring you in now. And please feel free, Ali, to um, make any comments about Tessa's story or ask any questions. Thanks, Tessa, for sharing with us. Um, as I said before, everyone's story is somewhat different, but lots of people call with the issue of bullying and harassment. What, the, what we do as people on the other end of the phone listening to that is offer an ear, a listening ear for this, for starters, because people very often feel very isolated. And they're sometimes if they're partway through their grievance procedure or, or the um, investigation are also told to keep silent or keep the whole thing confidential and not speak about it at all. And that's concerning because it, it isolates the person that's been bullied or harassed. It also causes a lot of people to turn inward and, as so beautifully described by Tessa, think, what is the matter with me? You know, their inner critic is working at them over time saying, why, why me? Why does this happen now? You know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best at my job and somehow this is happening to me. And also it's just so pervasive, you know, because it, it's not just in your work life that the effects of bullying occur. You know, it's it happens all over your life. You know, it stops you eating 
stops you caring for yourself, stops you being kind to yourself. And I suppose the first things that we would talk about someone, talk about to someone who's been bullied or asked is talk a lot about their symptoms but also talk about trying to alleviate them and also by validating someone's story and hearing it, you're also providing help and healing through hearing it because it's they've got the opportunity to express themselves. Someone who's had a huge knock to their self-confidence and um, a feeling terrible is likely to feel better once they start talking about it. And that the fact that you can be anonymous and it's confidential is a really fantastic thing because it lessens the shame that people might feel. You know, I can't see you, we can't see you, you know, we, can't, we don't know who you are and, um, and that enables you to be open about how you feel. It's, it's a really hard place to be. But if you reach out and you um, seek one of the clinicians on the other end of the phone, I'm pretty sure that you will feel much better once you've talked to someone about it. Thanks very much, Ali, for those insights and that information. And I know people listening to that will find it really useful to know a bit more about what they can expect um, if and when they contact nurse and midwife support. And I think you've um, you've talked a bit about people having a sense of um, of hope if they're having this experience and that they will come through it and um, and that life will get better and the experience will be over. Did you have a sense of hope, Tessa, that it would end or was that only something you came to realise once you'd um, moved through the experience? Um, thanks for asking that question, uh, Mark. And there is a couple of other things I wanted to say as well. But no, um, I didn't think it would end. I felt like the only way that it would end was for me to leave. You know, in fact, it got to the point where I started second-guessing um, myself and what was going on, and both my supervisor and the counsellor I was seeing said, kind of really alerted me, when you start doing that, you know, it actually can make you feel worse. Um, so... It wasn't until later that I, you know, when I was out of it, out of the workplace, away from where the bullying was happening, um, when I'd left the job, that I felt kind of hopeful for myself because, you know, I was able to recover and regain um, the parts of me that the bullying had really damaged. Um, and I also feel there's hope now for for prevention of bullying, for identifying bullying, for calling out bullies. And we didn't have services, I don't remember them, like yours then. So I think um, 
the fact that it is still happening is probably that people are people are talking more about it. I think too much bullying 10 years ago or more went under the carpet, that there was a culture that not only was the workplace full of bullies, but that it was something you just had to grin and bear. And I don't, and I think services like yours, and I think the way we call out bullying gives a really hopeful message that bullying isn't okay, it won't be tolerated, and it's very serious, so much so that there's, you know, a law against bullying and it carries a very serious criminal charge. Um, people have killed themselves because they've been bullied in the workplace. Um, so I think we do take it much more seriously now. There is a couple of things that I kind of want, also want to talk about. And um, one feeds into what you said, Ellie, that um, something about the your service that people who are being bullied can trust. And I think there's something really important about the loss of trust. That's a long-term effect um, that bullying had on me. But I would, I would say now to people who either feel they're being bullied or can see that someone else is being bullied, that you need to find someone you can trust to talk to. And for me, it was someone outside the workplace. And I think it's really important to some degree to go outside the workplace to, to, to find someone that you can talk to and, and actually trust. And um, I think that's actually unfortunate. And um, I think it has changed a little from when I was in the workplace. But, um, yes, I feel much, much more kind of hopeful about how, how we talk about bullying, how we can prevent bullying, how we can manage uh, bullying now. But um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was the long-term effect, like I said before, the, the, the fact that it took me from the workplace and I didn't realise till I um, got into the subject that, I actually do, you know, I am, I'm quite sad that I had to leave that particular workplace when I did, you know. In hindsight, I would have liked to have stayed a lot longer um, that, you know, than I actually did. And so I think organisations have a responsibility too because we have such workplace shortages. We have a right to hold on and take care of people and not kind of make them leave because they are being bullied. Um, so the other, the other, only other thing I wanted to say, it's left within me kind of both uh, mistrust is really a hard word to say, but I'll say it because I kind of don't, it's a weariness I have. Um, so when I am myself counselling people who are being bullied, I I come from a place of there's still a part of me that's quite weary about whether a person can trust the processes to support bullying or not within their organisation. So that is a lasting, a long-term effect that I still have. Thank you, Mark and Ellie. Oh, thanks, Tessa, for once again sharing those um 
those insights and those um, heartfelt experiences that I know um, many have um, stayed with you. Um, I'm interested to explore a bit more your recovery from bullying, Tessa, because I know that you have for the most part, recovered from that experience. And you talked about the factors that did support you to, to recover, and they include the Employee Assistance Program, clinical supervision, and talking to someone outside the workplace. Um, did that include somebody in your personal life? And if yes, was that important? And would you what advice would you give to a person around reaching out to a person in their personal life as well as a professional person to get support uh, absolutely yes what what helped me in um, my recovery was actually a couple of my friends um, uh, one of them in particular wasn't a nurse um, uh, one of them was, but they were both friends outside that particular workplace, and um, both and they reinforced what the counsellor and my supervisor were saying to me that it wasn't okay what was happening to me, but that and and what it was actually doing to me. You know, I, I think I realised quite late in the in kind of the impact of the bullying, um, the effect it actually had on me. So, um, and I, but the other thing that helped me recover was um, I was able to keep working, you know, because I had lost such a lot of faith and confidence. I had lost my sense of esteem and my efficacy um, as a professional. I was a leader. Um, I worked at an executive level. Um, so um, I found other work in a, in a sort of uh, similar but different sector, and that really helped um, to, to be able to kind of keep working and knowing that I was okay, actually. It wasn't my fault. I, was, I still had skills and knowledge, I, you know, and I was still very capable. Um, and I gave myself time, a lot of time, to before I went back into similar workplaces. I never went back to that workplace, but I went back into that particular sector um, in different roles. And later, um, maybe six years, six or seven years later, in similar roles, but only for short periods of time. So... Yes, friends definitely helped, counselling, supervision, um, you know, and other little things that are, that are always go-to recovery um, strategies like being outside, being in my garden, you know, being with my family, those sorts of things, um, they helped as well. Yeah, thank you, Tessa. So I think if you're listening to this, really connect with what Tessa is saying, because what I hear often from people who are having an experience of workplace bullying is that they don't feel like they can speak to anyone about it or they carry shame around it. And so because of that shame, they don't reach out for support. Or indeed, as Ali says, the workplace might 
tell them that they can't speak to anybody about it at work. And in hearing that, they they often think that means they can't speak to anyone at all. But what you're really reinforcing here is the importance of talking to somebody, of being believed, being validated, being supported, being cared for and caring for yourself, accessing professional help, giving yourself time and engaging in your self-care. If I got that right, Tessa, and is there anything else you would add there? Yes, you absolutely have, Mark. You you know, I was even weary of EAP because, you know, I wondered about the the connection back to the organisation that the counsellor might have. I mean, that's how that's how fragile my sense of trust was um, or that's how much it had been damaged. And so, you know, there were three obligatory sessions. I don't know if you remember back in the day, it was just, you know, we all were allowed three sessions. I, well, I do. And I think yeah. there are still three sessions with, with the ability to access more at, at I think, your manager's discretion, I think. is Well... I, I, so I was weary and like, you know, after maybe the second session, I realised I could trust the counsellor and I actually asked for more and it was because she believed me and she said something that I've carried with me to this day. She said when I was talking about my shame and embarrassment and perhaps it was my fault, she said, stop it stop, please stop that, you know, right here, right now. That's crazy making, hearing you talk like that. And, you know, she actually used those words and they're kind of not, they're not, what's the word, they're not politically correct kind of words to use. But what she meant was, and she went on to explain, that, you know, it was making me doubt myself which I'd never done before. Well, of course I had, but not in that kind of way. So that was so then I trusted her. And mm-hmm. then in spite of my boss being my bully, I actually insisted that I have more sessions. Yeah. So you got the support that you needed, which helped um, your recovery and come through the experience. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thanks, Tessa. Ali, um, back to you and back to information around what somebody could expect if they contacted nurse and midwife support about an incident of workplace bullying. Um, Just um, maybe, Ali, if you can talk a bit about our model around brief intervention counselling and referral pathways, because I imagine people listening to this might be interested in what a referral pathway for somebody experiencing bullying and seeking support from us might include. Okay, Mark. Um, I think Tessa made a the most salient point about talking to someone and as you so rightly say we have a brief intervention counseling and possible referral model so the service doesn't actually case manage 
when you ring, you'll speak to a clinician and and possibly tell them your story. And hopefully you will get what you require from that brief intervention. You can call back any time and the service, we certainly don't ration our um, the number of calls you might make. The And the length of the call is also not rationed. So it, you're free to speak for as long as you need. But a possible referral pathway for someone who's experiencing bullying and harassment could look like uh, asking the person whether they belong to their union because unions have a very uh, robust process around dealing with bullying and harassment, talking to people about the benefits of uh, an employee assistance program and seeing a counsellor. Also talking to people about accessing some personal leave via their general practitioner and also perhaps formulating a better mental health or better health plan and um, enabling them to see a psychologist at a subsidised rate, which is a really helpful helpful thing for you to frame what's happened to you and also help you on the way to recovery. My, the other things that you might also access could, could be an industrial lawyer if that's the case or um, a, um, the, a financial um, services person to look at your economic issues and perhaps help you in that way. Lots of people, you, you, people don't approach the um, telephone and call with a clear idea of exactly what they need. And sometimes, you know, so various issues around going to work or not being at work can come up. So it, it, very, it is very individualised. We would talk to people about um, having a look at their policy and procedure, both grievance and bullying and harassment for the organisation that they work for. And... Um, Depending on how they feel about it, contacting HR and, you know, thinking about a formal process, but certainly not, not saying to people that's, that's what you must do. Um, the, what Tessa so beautifully talked about was the fallout from bullying and harassment, so the loss of productive, productivity of the person that's being bullied, but also it's not just that bullied person, it's everyone around them who witnesses it and who sees someone in obvious ill health and because of what's being done to them at work, that has a very pervasive effect. And as Tessa quite rightly says, that is an organisational issue. I've got a 
question for you, Tessa, about about trust, but also about hypervigilance. Do you think that that was uh, an issue for you as well in your post bullying episode? Absolutely. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a nurse too, so I'm uh, you know a vigilant person anyway. I notice a lot, but um, and. Because that's right. So it lends. Uh, that's right. I was incredibly hyper vigilant while I was being bullied, and afterwards, um, kind of put me did put me on edge, you know, for for quite a while as well. And it fed into the the lack of trust um, that I felt um, in some ways that I. St- still feel in organisations' commitment um, to really care, um, really, really care for their staff. I'm not sure if that's what you you meant, Ellie. That is what I mean, Tessa, and also that it feeds back to the kindness to self and... Um, the kindness of people around you and the kindness of an organisation that is exists to care for others. It um, it's it feels like a clashing of uh, values when your job is to care for others and yet you are being treated in a you know in an unkind way. Well, this, yeah, that's the irony of it, isn't it? And um, so many nurses um, get into trouble, as as I think I did, um, where there's a uh, a disconnect between um, what is it? There's an anxiety, isn't there, around the disconnect between what we're meant to be doing and yet what it feels like we're doing, and how the environment that's meant to be a healing, caring environment doesn't actually feel that way always. Thanks, Ellie and Tessa. You make some very, very powerful and important points, and I really appreciate your insights. So as we come to the end of the podcast, I'm really interested, Tessa, in your view about what you would say to a nurse, midwife or student out there who may be experiencing workplace bullying at the moment? Well, there's so many different things, so much that I, what I would say is say something and if you don't feel you can say something, find someone um, within the organisation to start with, and this is on top of everything you've said, you both of you have said, but do something, do something, say something sooner rather than later. Find someone um, inside and or outside the workplace to tell, to talk to about what is going on. I mean, that's... I think that's really important. And know that what is going on is not okay. It's actually not okay that you are being bullied. 
Thanks, Chessa. So a message of hope, I think, that support is available. And as we've said many times through the podcast, support is available and it's only a phone call or a click away. Nurse and midwife support 24-7, Australia-wide, 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website, nmsupport.org.au. Thank you very much, Tessa. Ali, have you got anything finally that you would like to say to people listening to the podcast? I would just like to echo Tessa and say when you feel that something's not right, it isn't right. Call it out and speak about it and speak to find the person to trust and speak about it and please call us. We will support you. Yeah, I'll just pick up that point um, also that a lot of people will or don't feel safe to do that. So I think that's a really important point to make is the safety element around this because if the um, person bullying you is your manager, sometimes you don't feel safe to call it out or do that. Um, Tessa, do you have anything to say on that? Just ditto, particularly if your bully is your manager. So that's just to reiterate what Ali and I said, find someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much to both of you. Have you got any final words of wisdom, which is how I always end a podcast, um, and ask my um, wonderful guests to, um, to add any final words of wisdom? So, Tessa, first to you. I haven't, but I'm just so grateful for both this opportunity and for the work that you and your team do. And thank you, Mark, and thank you, Ali. And thanks very much, Tessa, for sharing your story. Really appreciate it. And I know that people listening to this will benefit from your honesty and your experience and your wisdom in relation to this issue. So thank you very much. Ali, do you have anything final you'd like to add? I would like to add that it will, to have hope, that there will be change and that you will be better, you will get better and you will be healthy. Thanks very much, Ali. So once again, thank you very much to our guests, but also thank you very much to those who are listening to this and those of you who may be experiencing bullying in the workplace or have experienced it, we send you our best wishes and our care. And as Ali and Tessa both say, our hope that you will get through this and and our sincere um support that um that if you reach out that support is available and you will get through this so please once again contact nurse and midwife support 1-800-667-877 thank you very much and um look after yourselves and each other and let's all work together to create workplaces that are bullying free I'll speak to you next time. This is all really important because your health matters. Mm -hmm.